And we're back for episode two of Modern Day Disciples. MDD, the podcast where we hear real stories from modern day disciples. It's good to be back. I think our first episode, you know. Dude, it's so good to be back. I'm stoked for our second episode. We have our first official guest. Shall we introduce her? Yes, let's definitely introduce her. So we have Clarissa Chichioko. Can what Clarissa Chichioko? Is, yes, that's is that, how, is that you how pronounce we pronounce it. it? Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow her on Instagram at. No, no, no we'll get to that later. We'll, we'll plug her later. Um, but shall we? Shall we open in prayer? Yes. Would you like to lead us in prayer, Anna? I would love to lead us in prayer. Thank you, Kev. Um, feel free to pray with us as you're listening to this. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Dear God, we thank you for this time that we have together. We thank you for the work that you are already doing through this podcast, through Kevin, through myself, and tonight through Clarissa as well. We pray that you are with us. We pray that you open our hearts so that we may speak your words. Open Clarissa's heart so that she may speak your words, that she may share her encounter story, that she may share her why in her ministry that she may only speak words of light, Lord. We also pray for our listeners. We pray that they may hear what they need to hear through our podcast, that they may see you through our podcast, and may may they get to know you better, Lord. May they get to know your love and your light better, Lord. We pray that you bring peace to everyone in this room. We thank you for our producers. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful prayer, Anna. Beautiful. Um, a great way to start the podcast. Now let's roll the intro music. Like I said, we're back with our episode two. Um, Clarissa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, you guys are like the two coolest people ever. So. Oh my gosh, she's flattering. <laughs> wow, actually, that's a lot coming from Clarissa. Um, do you want to share a little bit about yourself, what you do, where you're at right now? Mm-hmm. Just just a little intro for us. Okay, so I was born in Canada, so I don't know if you know what? I'm Canadian. Canadian. You're Canadian? I'm Canadian-American, yes. Tell me about it. <laughs> So I'm Canadian and I grew up in Modesto, California. So Central Valley. Yeah, 209. 209. Our, Rob, <laughs> Robert knows that. Our producer, Rob. Oh, you know 209? Nice. Are you from Modesto? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then I went to San Diego State. Um, I studied psychology and uh, started grad school for marriage and family child therapy. For a little bit but found a calling and hurt or heard a calling from the lord to do ministry full-time so i came to san jose my family my brother's family is here and um did some interviewing and landed a youth ministry job at queen of apostles and um awesome so so how long have you been a youth minister at queen of apostles i think it's been nine years nine years yeah Whoa, you make us look like we haven't done this at all. <laughs> yeah. For uh, those listening, that's um, a long time in youth that ministry. That is a long time in youth ministry. Congratulations. Thank that's you. a big accomplishment. So what other ministry are you involved in? What other ministry are you passionate about? So I am also um, doing a theology of the body ministry called Echoes of Worth. 
and that is with the nonprofit Creative Catholic Works. Creative so. Catholic Works. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think I've heard of them. Yeah, I haven't either. Can you tell me a little bit about them? Yeah, Creative Catholic Works, um, the mission of this nonprofit is to share the theology of the body, mm -hmm. and we do it through the media. So we have like Theology of the Body Minutes on the radio that played with Immaculate Heart Radio and Relevant Radio oh, nice. for a while. Yeah, um, that, I think it's been more than two years. Wow. A year That's and a half, cool. almost two years. Um, so actually those min minutes uh, that has kind of, I guess, retired from radio mm -hmm. now, but it's playing at in two different radio stations in Ohio and Georgia. So you're telling me you're famous is, is what I'm hearing, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, she's all over the radio. Well, so people recognize my voice when Whoa. I'm going when I'm going around because the tagline is um, I'm Clarissa Chichioko for Creative Catholic Works. No way. For more on Theology of the Body, go to I think I've heard that. Have you heard it? Is it on like Immaculate? It, it was, yeah, yeah. Because I listen to twelve sixty sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. So it, it played during, <laughs> it played during the ads. Guys, we're here throughout the, the day. celebrity. No. Oh my gosh, can I get your autograph after? That's so cool. <laughs> I can't believe you said yes to doing this. This is like small time compared to what you've been through. It's um, like it's like hearing like your song on the radio for the first time, but it's like me talking. So that's awesome. Yo, that's wild. So you're kind of like. Would you say you're an expert in theology of the body? No. How did you get into <laughs> theology of the body? Were you just growing up? Was it just something that was in your life? Or? Yeah, I can tell you about it. But I, <laughs> <laughs> going back to being an expert, I, I would call myself an enthusiast. Oh, okay. An enthusiast. Mm -hmm. An enthusiast, meaning I'm interested in theology of the body. Mm -hmm. And I've read books on it. I've traveled to learn more about it done trainings I'm done sure trainings wow. yeah so and what is it about theology of the body that that captures your heart that that you think is so important well theology of the body i mean there's a lot to it it's part of my faith story mm -hmm. um and how i've encountered god um through the writings of pope john paul ii so he wrote theology of the body wow that's awesome so before before we get into that um, maybe we should talk just a little bit about how we know each other, mm -hmm. how, how we met. So how did we, how did we meet? So <laughs> <laughs> I met Kevin at DYR mm -hmm. and kind of took him under my wing mm -hmm. for the next DYR. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, I need help for small groups. And yeah. So, so. I, I remember meeting you was the coolest moment, one of the coolest moments of my life. And let me tell you why, because I was very, I don't know. I was, I was involved in ministry. I've been to a couple of DYRs and Tahoe retreats, but I, I always told them I want to get involved. Like I want to get involved. I want to like help out in some way other than just, you know, being, I mean, not just being, but I was in LIT for, for a few years and I wanted to, I have the craving to do more. Mm -hmm. And then so I got a, a call or a text from Clarissa and she was like, hey, do you want to help me out with small groups this year? And yeah. I was so excited. And then we met at Super Q in Cupertino, uh, California, and I was so scared for that meeting. What? I was so nervous for that meeting. I think I was telling Jenny about it too. I was very, very nervous because you were like one You're of the coolest people. 
Yeah, well, that's that's another thing. So, well, actually, it's funny you say that because I felt very similarly when I first met Clarissa. I had heard like such amazing things. So we were doing fall retreat together. Um, I think that was two years ago that we first met. No, like three. Three? Yeah. Were you? Did you do it the first year? That twenty sixteen. Possibly. <laughs> I thought timeless was the first time that. Anyways, two or three years ago, yeah. and I remember hearing such good things about her. Like Clarissa was like the. Like, it was almost like meeting a Catholic celebrity. You know, like, the Catholic celebrities, the big yeah, names, crazy. the big names in ministry. <laughs> and Clarissa's one of those, I mean, if you guys aren't from the Diocese of San Jose, maybe you don't know this, but Clarissa's one of those names, like, people know her. Yeah, I mean, you hear her all across the radio. <laughs> you hear her across the nation, Can I fam. just say, that's how I feel about you guys. No. Yeah. Stop. <laughs> and can I address the elephant in the room? What? what? Okay, so my parents <sighs> named me... Or my brother named me Clarissa. And Are we then, saying your name wrong? But because I'm Filipino. Okay, thank God. My parents, yeah, they call me like they have an accent and they're like Clar- Clarissa or. So the appropriate. So. So how do you want us to address you? I, I own both names. <laughs> Not that I have a. Okay, so. I, I, I don't have a double life, but I own both <laughs> names. It's sort of like a family name, like people have, who have grown up with me since I was little, they call me Clarissa, and people who are close to me call me oh, both, so. I'm close to you. <laughs> I've been calling, I, I've been saying you Clarissa, both, both and then I switch to Clarissa yeah. sometimes. But you know what's the best thing that's happened lately in the past, like, maybe five or so years, is that people have started calling me Claw, mm. so it's almost like, you know, that's. The Do you love most Claw? unified. Yeah, I love that nickname. That's very endearing. Yeah. It's so endearing. I So you guys can call me Claw if you want. Okay. Okay. And the listeners too. <laughs> That's KLA for those of you K-L-A. who want to comment. <laughs> yeah, or Claw. if some priests call me Claw too, like the Filipino priests, but they have an accent too, so they say Kla. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess another divide in my na- in my nickname. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I was calling you Clarissa, and then I realized Jonathan yeah, called you my Clarissa. Husband calls me Clarissa. Basically, back to the story. When I was hearing about you, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I was actually nervous to meet you because I thought that you were super cool and super Catholic, and I was like, oh, "Like, I'm just like I felt just so young and just felt like I don't know anything, and she knows everything." And I met you, and it was you made me feel so welcome. You had such this warm and inviting spirit that I immediately felt comfortable around you. I Like, you just, like, you hugged me. And it wasn't like, you know, some people hug you and they hug you. And you're like, man, they don't actually care about me. They're just hugging me because, like, they're supposed to. Because, like, that's what people do when they say hi to each other. But with you, it was like, you already cared about me and you just met me. That was super special. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> Free hugs, everybody. <laughs> Her response to that. No, that's Free hugs, everybody. everybody. <laughs> No, that's so funny because I, I, I appreciate. I love you. I'm gonna hold your hand. <laughs> this is happening oh, right I now. Appreciate this. <laughs> um, They're actually not holding hands. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I remember being so excited too when I first started youth ministry in the diocese of San Jose, like meeting the people that I heard about, and hmm. I mean that was like Ro, Deepu, John Ronaldo. Shout and out to all, all of these them. people. Big Shout names, out. Hopefully, future guests. <laughs> wink, wink. Yes. Um, can you share a little bit about your first encounter story? How did you find the faith? Oh, this is a good story. 
Okay, are you I'm ready? Excited. Yes, the way she's <laughs> looking at us. Yeah, how did how did you meet Christ? How okay. did you come to know God? So I'm a cradle Catholic, which means I was baptized into the Catholic Church as a baby. Mm-hmm. And my mom and is very religious. So our family went to church every Sunday. I was just kind of going through the motions. But I went on my first youth retreat when I was 12. And this was under the... Um, family ministry couples for christ there's a branch of it called youth for christ and shout out to yfc and yeah can you tell me a little bit about yfc i've heard of it but i don't know a lot about it yeah yeah so it's um a global ministry meaning it's everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's uh it started in the philippines with a small group of married couples they would meet and do faith sharings in their homes and um yeah, it's their kids were all hanging out together. And so they're like, let's make this a womb to two ministry Ooh, where there's a branch for every stage in life. So my parents joined Couples for Christ in Modesto. It's, I mean, the mission is rapid global evangelization. Yeah. So imagine the Philippines, you know, from there it traveled to Modesto, California. And my parents joined Couples for Christ, and then I was in Youth for Christ. And so we call this first camp that you go to a joining camp, which is basically an evangelization uh, retreat Hmm. for young people. And the talks are like God's love, who is Jesus Christ, faith, repentance, healing, forgiveness, um, etc. And so on Saturday night, they do this pray over over the participants and um they basically pray for like the gifts and pray for healing etc the leader the leaders pray over you guys yes yeah the leaders pray over us and they ask each participant a question before the pray over and so they asked me do you accept jesus christ as your lord and savior whoa at 12 12 years old 12 years old and i said yes i do and at 12 you fully I'm looking back, looking back, I'm like, I, I didn't know what I was saying yes to what I was, what I was saying I, I do to. Mm -hmm. And so imagine a 12 year old saying, yes, I accept Jesus as my Lord and savior. Like, I didn't know what that was. Did you feel pressured to say yes? No, I wanted to. Mm. I wanted to say yes. All right, guys. uh, Just, I want to talk about this just because. It's what's actually happening. And like I said in our first podcast, we're going to keep it real with you guys. Um, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, which is why this sounds maybe a little separate. Which is kind of weird because the first few times that we recorded a podcast, this never happened. Yeah. And so I think I think what, what ends up happening, and, and let's just talk about it. I think spiritual warfare is very real. And I think, like Kevin mentioned kind of off, off the podcast, um, is that I think someone... Someone doesn't want Clarissa's story to be told. Someone doesn't want Clarissa's story to get out there because it's going to make a difference and it's going to reach someone. Yes. Let's just say his name. It's the devil. Yes. Satan. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know that you're like a warrior when you can say the enemy's name like that. It's like saying Voldemort's name. <laughs> oh, she went there. <laughs> I was like, wow. No, right. spiritual warfare is real. And no, I think it's real. the mm-hmm. evil one for whatever reason, maybe because this would maybe show someone Christ, maybe this would show someone God's love, 
and the evil one doesn't want that story getting out and so we are going to battle on through this um we apologize if there is any buzzing maybe there's not um but perhaps there is um but know that you know we're doing our best here and we we are very eager to hear clarice's story so do you want to pick off you said pick up where you left off yes you were talking about the retreat and they asked you this question yes so the leaders before they prayed over me they asked me do you accept jesus lord as your savior wait jesus christ Christ. as your lord and savior Mm -hmm. wow and i said yes like full-heartedly as much as i that's could a powerful that question night. it's a very powerful question especially to ask a 12 year old so what was going through your head like when you were asked that um you, was there any hesitation was there any like no hmm. i didn't have any hesitation because i felt i mean that whole weekend i felt love like love and peace and this is the right thing to do is to, is to say yes did you feel a sense of community, like you belonged there, like you were yes. you were home? Mm-hmm. I did feel that community. Like these were my brothers and sisters in Christ, and they wanted what was best for me. Wow, that is beautiful, especially at such a young age. Definitely, definitely. You're like middle school age, yeah. almost. Yeah, wow. I think I was eighth grade, eighth grade. seventh that's or eighth grade. Wow. That's impressive. Looking back, I didn't know like the. <laughs> I didn't know what that yes fully meant, but I know that day I I. I fully meant it, but looking back, I'm like, wow, that was a big question and a big answer. Yeah, that's beautiful. So, so what next? What was next in your faith journey? Mm. Was that a pivotal moment? Did everything change? And you're like, you know, you're good on the way to becoming a saint now, right? That's how it works, right? (laughs) Baby steps, baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) So I remember that, I mean, one thing that they stressed during the weekend was, you know, don't live a double life. Like it's, you know, that it was Ooh, that's convicting you know like don't be one person with your church friends and then another person um by yourself or with that's also friends. really hard you're literally convicting me right now in this moment in my own faith <laughs> <laughs> i mean that, continue. Was, that was huge and so that stuck with me and i i let i re, i feel like i allowed god to transform me at that retreat and so I kept going to more retreats and I became a leader in the ministry and I wrote about God in my Zanga blogs. Your Zanga blog? <laughs> Wait, what is this? And y- you don't oh, know what Zanga is? I, I don't. I don't. What is Okay, www.zanga.com. I don't think it's working up and working. I don't think it's still a website. But it was a blog site. And so Was it like Tumblr? Yes. So people wrote blogs and like lengthy wordy blogs and then you could like it. And Was this like a diary it. of sorts? Yes. Oh, that, a, a public, public diary. diary. I yes. love that. It's kind of like a Tumblr. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I would have thrived on that. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was so good because especially in our ministry, like we had a group that you could be a member of in Zanga. Like we called it YFC. And so you could click on YFC on the link and then you'll see all the members who are writing blogs on zanga whoa mm-hmm. that's that's heavy so did you share kind of your own personal faith journey your struggles or how how personal was this it was pretty personal i i remember putting a lot of my joys on zanga like my my love for god i don't mm-hmm. unfortunately zanga shout out to zanga 
and all the listeners reach out thank to zanga thank you to our sponsor zanga <laughs> zanga.com use our code mdd for 20 percent off it's free but you get 20 for 20 percent off all the listeners need to reach out to zanga <laughs> and tell them to put the blogs back up because i can't access oh they're my forever. blogs i think so you guys petition zanga.com <laughs> So all my high school friends saw my blogs and so I would write my papers would be on like abortion and why it's wrong. Whoa. Like my history, my history papers. So I fully owned being a Catholic and I would talk throughout to high school. throughout high school. I talked to people about being Catholic, like to my non-denominational friends and atheist friends. And did you go to a public high school? Mm-hmm. Went to a public high school, but yeah. How's that being a devout Catholic teen in a public high school? Because nowadays, like, I, think, I think it's it'd be really hard. Yeah, nowadays I think it would be really hard. Um, but then at the same time, nowadays we preach like no judgment, right? But I that definitely still happens. Mm-hmm. I feel like my high school. I mean, it was it was pretty easy. I mean, no, I had a good group of friends. And I think that's key. Like friends who are open and accepting and loving and. So you had a solid group of Catholic friends. Ha- no, but uh, friends who were accepting of you. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some of them had were practicing religions, and some of them weren't. But we all valued friendship and and community. So, would you sometimes encourage them to come to church with you or do anything like that? Yeah, I remember asking maybe a couple of them to go on a retreat with me, like a joining camp. Um, and then some of them asked me to go to their church services too. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But we would talk about it like, and it wouldn't really be in depth all the time. Like maybe it would just be like, oh, you're Catholic. I'm Catholic. High five. And that was it. (laughs) (laughs) It's just to unite our friendships. (laughs) Awesome. So you were very on fire. It seems like Mm -hmm. with your faith in high school. Yes. Um, how was that in college? Okay. So this is part two. (laughs) Yes. Part two of the faith journey. Let's get into it. Part two. Okay. So I went to San Diego State, another public college. What's the mascot? Aztec. Go Aztec. Aztec. Aztecs. Aztecs. Go every school. (laughs) Every school that's mentioned. Go Aztecs. Go Aztecs. And I struggled in college a lot. How so? Double life. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) So I talked about earlier... um, you know, that stuck with me. Don't live a double life. Mm-hmm. But here I was in college and I definitely started living that double life. So yes. what did this double life entail? Okay, so this double life um, entailed going to mass on Sunday um, and saying I'm a Catholic and, you know, being like president of a Catholic college club. But, was it Newman? What was the Catholic College uh, called? No, so under the umbrella of Couples for Christ, we had a campus space, so like a college oh, ministry. Okay, okay. So um, you were president at one point. Yeah, oh, I was like co-president celebrity. or president, yeah. and it was a small group. And so I was like preaching and leading meetings, but was doing other things, you know, outside of those meetings did people know that you were living a double life how secret was it hannah montana was a complete secret no one else knew yeah um i didn't watch hannah montana <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, I was 
<laughs> you were nodding your okay, head. Well, as if you actually, knew what I was. Friday. Like, okay, so is that more Hannah your era? Montana, best of both worlds. That's what I thought, right? Oh. Best of like the college, yeah. secular party. Um, I wasn't a huge party person, but I enjoyed hanging out with friends. Mm. Um, and but I also enjoyed like being with Catholic friends and going to mass and singing my heart did, out to God. Did you feel like? you couldn't choose one or the other like did you feel like you were kind of towing the line or what was this kind of tension between the two yeah so the tension in my life was like wanting both mm. and i knew that that i couldn't do that i couldn't be lukewarm i couldn't be oh preach to us <laughs> you can't serve two masters i could i can't serve two masters and the other master was myself let's wow. get it and let's my it. my worldly desires and um i just i knew i had to choose one or the other and so at a certain point i was like okay i'm not gonna go to mass because i i'm living this life outside of mass mm -hmm. and um so i just remember uh, even at that moment it just didn't feel right to not go to mass but i just yeah i was questioning what i was doing in my own life and who i was i felt like i was losing my identity in a way mm. and this was gradual, gradual this was gradual yes yeah. mm -hmm. was there a sense of shame that was involved in your uh, yeah. your motivation to stop going to mass mm -hmm. you didn't feel maybe worthy shame guilt um not wanting to be seen by god wanting to hide kind mm. of like adam and eve adam and eve and the wanting to yeah. yeah like hide their hide themselves um behind fig leaves Mm. Um, I I wanted to hide. So what was what was the pivotal, changing moment where you wanted to hide? You wanted to hide your double life, the the life you were living from. I'm assuming also that community that you were a part of. You probably yes. didn't want them to see you live that double yes. life. Yeah. What changed? I think okay. So it was a couple of things, um, which in these steps were all things that started to bring my sin into the light into um it was all starting to be seen by god by my friends that loved me um and so one was having a, f a friend kind of um confront me and ask me not confront but lovingly ask like what's going on and seeing that i wasn't being myself um so having a friend there and then two i actually brought myself to reconciliation with a priest when I was at my lowest low and I just remember like like bawling in that confessional and just telling him like I've been doing this this and this and I I don't know what to do and he was so loving to me in that confessional and he just looked at me like you're gonna be okay everything's gonna be okay God loves you and then the third thing big thing was going back to the community um, we have these yearly like annual conferences that happen in different states in the U.S. And I remember my sister and my family, my friends back at home in Modesto were like, we're going to go to the one in Chicago. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go too. I need this. And I just fell in love again with the Lord. It was Sunday um, one of the last worships and there are like a thousand people there, young people. Mm -hmm. 
And I remember there's a song um, by Chris Tomlin, God of the City. And Mm. there's a a chorus that builds up, greater things have yet to come, greater things have yet to come. And I was there standing with youth um, from San Diego. And I was, I just knew, I had hope that I, I, that God still loved me, even though I had turned my back on him. And um, I just saw myself like, okay, I want to, I want to change and I want to live for Christ. And I want to lead these young teens from San Diego to him as well. Oh my goodness. That is beautiful. beautiful. That, I mean, it almost feels like a a movie moment, just like God coming down to to reassure you and like to reassure you in your mission to lead youth, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It was powerful. And there are so many different things. I wish we had like, you know, a longer time (laughs) together. Yeah, Um, absolutely. There, there are a lot of, um, like God, God was waiting for me and Mm. had that moment, um, ready for me when I was ready. Yeah. It paints such an image of the faithful father. I mean, just this past, Sunday, depending on when you guys hear this, a couple Sundays ago, um, the prodigal son, and not I'm not I'm not trying to paint you as like you know hanging out with prostitutes and stuff. It's not what I'm saying, but the prodigal son. I mean, like the father always welcomes us back with open arms, no matter how shameful we feel, no matter how guilty we feel, no matter what we've done, no matter what we've been through, the sinfulness that we feel, none of that is ever too great for our Lord mm-hmm. to welcome us back with open arms and to love us fully and like that is such a great story that you shared with us um just how the father open welcomed you back Mm -hmm. open arms loved you fully Mm -hmm. and had such a mission for you yeah and i i I feel blessed to be in this room to hear your story to hear how god has set this mission for you um so i mean with that like i'd like to hear more about how you feel god has called you in this ministry in theology of the body ministry Um, Maybe some of our listeners know about Theology of the Body. Maybe they don't. So can you give us like an overview of what Theology of the Body is, what it entails? Sure. So what's interesting about that conference in Chicago is that one of the workshops I attended was on Theology of the Body. And so I was, I remember my ears perked up. You're Uh, like, oh, "Oh, this is actually a Catholic teaching that I'm interested in learning more about Mm. Uh, or Catholic, I guess, um, literature in a way um and i it was after that conference i started reading more books and looking up speakers and so um theology of the body is a series of talks 129 talks that pope john paul ii gave in rome every wednesday to an audience of people and they're all on how god reveals himself through the human body so if you think about um, theology, it's the study of God, right? And we can't see God. We can't go up to heaven and, you know, study him and come back to earth and, and talk about him. But we can study how he reveals himself through things. And one of those things is our bodies. And so he talked about this because we all have a body um, and we all, in a way, are bodies can look different like there are um uh male bodies female bodies there are bodies who are priests 
there are bodies who are nuns and their bodies look different because they're wearing different things mm-hmm. um and so yeah that's that's a study of how god reveals himself through the body so what made you passionate about theology of the body why did why did your ears perk up why was this like oh hey i want to i want to know more about that mm-hmm. well one of the more popular theology of the body speakers um, his name is christopher west and he he talked about how um how our bodies like our bodies have been through a lot like throughout history um and let's say like the puritans like centuries ago (laughs) the dog is snoring (laughs) (laughs) i know you guys can't hear it but we have a small dog in here and the dog is snoring Um, so like Puritans centuries ago were like the body's bad, the body is shameful, the body's evil, the body is a threat to the soul. Um, and then, you know, I think that's definitely, you know, bled into Christianity. Um, and I had felt that way growing up too. It was like, okay, my, my desires are bad and I need to get to heaven. So what do I do? I repress my bodily desires. And so, I think a lot of what came out of that was like the sexual revolution in the 1960s ish um, with, you know, Playboy magazine and just this like, okay, well, the body isn't shameful. So but now the body's being exposed through like pornography and all these different things because we don't want to feel shame anymore. Um, So theology of the body is in a way a response to like the sexual revolution saying like, it's not good to repress our desires. It's not good to think that your body is shameful. It's not good to think that sex is bad. But all these things are actually really good. And um, it's like this mentality shift. Mm -hmm. Like our bodies are good. Our bodies are made in the image and likeness of God. We have a body and a soul. Don't repress. Um, uh, And then in the same way, like, because we've repressed throughout our history, like then we've started to like indulge, right? Like that's like the pornography and all that stuff. Um, and so it's, Theology of the Body talks about how to be happy. Like how do we live our lives in a way that makes us truly happy and truly free? Um, Cause there's a freedom of, I can do whatever I want, whenever I want with whoever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pope John Paul II talks about like a greater sense of freedom, like freedom exists for loving other and people. And when did you, when did, like, when did you, per- when did your ears perk up again? When did you first find out about this? At what age? I was 22. 22. Yeah. And were you in a relationship of any sort? I had that- just, uh, I was in a relationship. And when I got back from that conference, I ended that relationship. Really? Mm-hmm. That's actually what I was going to ask. How did, how did learning all of this, all of this, yeah. new new stuff how did it affect your personal life your relationships how you saw you know significant others and mm-hmm. well i remember that so i had i had been in a relationship i think for two and a half years at wow. that point mm-hmm. and i knew that i wanted god to be a part of it um and he wasn't really a part of that relationship um and so meaning like we didn't talk about faith we we didn't go to church together um, what was if you if you don't mind me asking was he catholic yes baptized catholic, baptized catholic. but not a practicing catholic got it mm-hmm. um and so 
because of theology of the body, or at least even that whole weekend, it was like, okay, I want God to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that he wasn't going to be part of it uh, in my relationship. So I, I also knew that marriage was something deeper, um, but it was very, our relationship was very, we loved each other. I was in love with him, but it was like very on like the surface, surface level relationship. Mm-hmm. I wanted to go deeper and I didn't see our relationship going there. I see. Yeah. And the deeper part of that was oh, Christ. The, the deeper part of that, which I discovered more in the theology of the body is like marriage reflects the marriage between a man and a woman reflects the marriage of Christ and the church. Ooh. And so I... Like, even that was just, like, mind-blowing for me. It's like, I never thought about marriage that way. Was that it's this loving, unconditional... um, uh, Self-sacrificing. Self-sacrificing. The same way Christ loved his bride. Yes. Wow. And so I was like, oh, that's what I want. That's the love I'm looking for. And so I actually stayed single for a while Mm -hmm. after that relationship because I... I, I wanted to fall in love with Christ and allow him to love me and heal me and restore me um, before I got in another relationship. Mm-hmm. Wow, that is beautiful. That is inspiring. Yeah. And honestly, as I'm listening to your story, I just think like someone out there is listening to this and needs to hear these exact words. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, you're convicting us right here. I, I agree. I think even our, I feel like our society today, especially with the youth, with social media and everything coming out, not saying again, social media is bad. It's not bad if used in the right way. Follow our Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Plugged up. Um, but with, with even, I feel like relationships and finding love and it's, it's changed. It's not even mm-hmm. like courting. It's not even taking out on dates anymore. It's, it's just swipe left, swipe right. Slide into the DMs. Exactly. And so there, we've lost that, we've lost that, lost that intimacy and for forgetting that, you know, in every relationship, especially for um, our Catholic community, that every relationship needs to have Christ in the center. Otherwise that's not going to work out. That's something that I was thinking about as you were talking is that how do you think, theology of the body has a place in 2019 mm. in, in in the lives of catholics in 2019 how do we discern our relationships yeah. in so 2019 I feel like when we start to talk to youth about that it's an instinct to just get turned off it's an yeah. instinct it's funny i was having a conversation with a friend just today about how when people perceive the catholic church they think that the catholic church is all about what you can't do the rules every, everything's no no this no that you got to do this you got to do that mm-hmm. but i think maybe you can talk about this like i think with theology of the body there is true freedom Mm -hmm. yeah i think to your original question with where where like what's the where what's the significance of theology of the body in 2019 or what what what's its place Mm -hmm. now and i think that it's the language of the theology of the body is different than it presents the gospel differently than we've heard it before. So we think of the Ten Commandments and we think of like thou shall nots, right? Yeah. Um, theology of the body presents the gospel in a way that, in the language that is very attractive to us now um, because it's not imposing, it doesn't have the sense of it's imposing um, the teachings on, on us, on me. I didn't get that experience, but I felt like it was proposing um, God's 
love for me and what he desires for me. And he desires for me to get to heaven. So um, I read the proposal of the theology of the body as a proposal, right? Like, and I felt like my experiences matched what, um, what the teachings were trying to say. Like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling at peace about a relationship. And so um, through the TOB, we call it TOB, TOB, you know, for short, it was saying, well, like, are you finding happiness in your relationship? And I'm like, no, I'm not. Well, it proposed now this relationship of like, you know, the Christ and the church. And I'm like, oh, that's what I'm longing for. And I want, I, I, that's what I want. And so, yeah, I think the language is relevant to today in how Pope John Paul is like, he was very intentional with his language. Um, yeah, it doesn't feel like, like anything's being imposed on you. And how did, how did you go from theology of the body? How did that transform into this whole echoes of worth ministry? So I actually had brought Christopher West from the theology of the body Institute to queen of apostles. Okay. And where you're the youth minister, where I'm the youth minister, awesome. shout out to queen of apostles. <laughs> And, um, and Andrew Brown, he was the, um, pastoral ministry person. <laughs> Shout out to Andrew Brown. Shout out to Andrew Brown. <laughs> Sorry, you forgot your title at St. Lucy's. Um, and he was like, oh, she's into theology of the body. And so we met him and another former youth minister, Ali Torres, uh, wanted to start up something, uh, for youth. Mm. um sharing theology of the body and so we came together and we're like let's do a retreat a weekend retreat and so we thought maybe 30 40 teens and i that first one was like 150 150 so teens. are you serious yeah. the first one the very first one and was this recent was this within this the last decade? so our upcoming echoes of worth that's what we call the retreat um in january it'll be our sixth one Sixth month, so 2013 yeah. yes. was the first one. I think so, yeah. Wow. So we put our heads together, like, let's do this retreat on Theology of the Body and just show, like, you know, we all have worth and we should, like, from God, God-given Echoes worth. Echoes of worth. Yes, and oh. dignity and um, to echo that out to other people. And so it's a retreat on love, relationships, um, being made in the image and likeness of God, and then we do like practical workshops on Sunday where we talk about like dating, um, like how to um, how to discern your vocation, um, friendships, things like that. So that's really cool. And so the number of participants that attended the retreat, do you think that was that was purely their hearts that wanted to that wanted to check it out or was it like one of those things where the parents were like oh this sounds like a good retreat let's or a mixture of both i, I think a know. mixture of both i okay. mean i think you're always going to get those teens who are trying to find a, a confirmation retreat mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to to count <laughs> check off just the to, box yep, so we had some of that but then we also had teens who wanted to be there and parents who really wanted to send their teens because they've heard of theology of the body before they believe in it and so it just really showed how there's like a hunger and thirst for these teachings wow i mean i think just in your first in your first retreat having a hundred 
participants i think that just shows the hunger there is for true and authentic relationships mm. and i mean i took a theology um a little background i went to santa Clara university my major was religious studies and i took a class called theology of sex and relationships and yo it was lit um <laughs> but it was interesting because it was such a diverse class you had people who were catholic but you also had people who didn't practice any faith people who just kind of like were interested and we read theology of the body that was part of like part of our readings and like i think it blew their minds like the idea that you can completely respect your body you can complete completely have dignity and self-worth and also like have sex like within like obviously the right context like it mm -hmm. i think what i what i most enjoy about theology of the body is that it doesn't i think there's this culture of like they think catholics believe sex is bad sex is great let's talk about that like sex is great who with made sex god made sex <laughs> wow are we talking about this we're talking about this <laughs> yeah and i i that was the probably one of the the best parts of that class was mm -hmm. reading theology about and hearing people's different perspectives on it um from an outside from a non-catholic perspective mm -hmm. like what they thought of this and like this doesn't seem like the catholic church mm -hmm. that we thought it was like it's amazing i mean like to echo what you're saying um i know i had mentioned before like we thought as a culture like either repress your desires or indulge in them mm -hmm. and there's that third way and it's you said like self-control have self-respect for yourself and um tob covers a lot of chastity that's what chastity is part of chastity is yeah like having self-control and restraining from certain sexual actions um but then also seeing the other person and yourself as a gift worth like waiting for. Mm, I think a lot of our teens could, could, what am I trying to say? I think a lot of our teens could really use that message. Mm. Um, and today when they are, unfortunately, like I, I see it's, I see, I see my own teens and I see them. They just want so badly for someone to care about them. They want so badly for someone to love them for who they are. And, it's unfortunate, I think, a lot of times, and I won't even just say my teens, I know I struggle with this personally, is that we want so badly for people to love us that we, we do anything for that. And so we lessen ourselves, we try to make ourselves look different, we try to present ourselves in a certain way, saying, love me, love me, love me, when we have a God that loves us for who we are, that we don't need to change ourselves, that we don't need to cheapen ourselves, lessen ourselves, like, be objectified to be loved. And that, I mean... It is beautiful. Like, they, I mean, I, Amen. I don't know. I'm still coming off. Let's. <laughs> I know <laughs> the Holy Spirit is moving in this room, guys. I know we're all youth ministers, and you, and it's true that our teens need this message. But every single person needs this message, whether you're preach, married, Claw, whether you are celibate, whether you're single, whether you're a priest, whether you're a nun. This message of being made in the image and likeness of God, body and soul, unified, being an embodied soul. Okay. We all need to know that. And also Work. how to practice virtue, especially the virtue of chastity, because mm. um, chastity looks different in every, you know, stage of life and every vocation. Like I still, I'm married. Mm -hmm. I still need to be chased in my relationship. Yeah. Like, um, it's still not good to objectify my husband, right? Mm. Or use my husband. Um, uh, that would be bad if I... <laughs> Shout out Jonathan. She's, she's not going to use you, dude. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> so we still have to practice chastity and love each other and respect each other. Um, priests, you know, 
They, I think even our priests, whom a lot of us know and we love, a lot of our priests, like, haven't really gotten the message of chastity, right? Our older priests, like, someone said this was, like, a new theology. It's just the same theology represented in a different way. Um, mm. Priests, they need to be chaste, right? They're not just abstinent. They need to be chaste, too. Um and so, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to what say is, is everybody is, needs it. What is the difference, the difference between, between chaste and abstinence? <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, we're both saying the same question. What is the difference between so, chastity and abstinence? Okay. For our, maybe some of our non-Catholic yeah, listeners. Yeah, and even Catholic. So well, what do you think it means? We're asking you the question. This, <laughs> no, you are I want to know what your understanding might be. My understand. Oh, my gosh. My understanding is abstinence is purely just not having sex. Like, that is staying like when you are abstinent that is what you are doing you're just not having sex ding, ding, ding. and chastity is you are upholding the dignity of yourself and upholding the dignity of others mm-hmm. that's that's what i would guess yes yeah kevin is it, yeah ditto that's exactly <laughs> oh, what i thought <laughs> no that that's i mean abstinent when i think of abstaining that means not doing something at all um and then chastity I was thinking this, the exact same thing. So upholding the dignity of, I mean, I always got that confused. Though. Chast- yeah, to be chaste. So like your chastity belt, your abstinence belt. Yeah. No, you're right. Abstinence is, is refraining from, if we're talking about sex, refraining from sex. And chastity is, um, all, it includes refraining from sex. Um, but also ordering our desires toward the good of the other person. Um, it reminds me of, did you ever read Martin Buber? No. Oh, okay. So in my theology of marriage class, when I and thou relationship, so it's an, there's, I want to say, I mean, I might be completely off base here. Um, and I, I want to say it's an I and it versus an I and thou. I, it is the when you are treating someone as an object, mm. you want to use them. They are, you can use them for your own good versus an I and thou relationship you are willing the good of another Mm. and I think that I mean that plays right into TOB plays right into chastity is like willing the good of another so you were loving them on a completely different level yes to will loves us yes absolutely what does that take it takes sacrifice it takes saying no in order to say yes to something greater and bigger Mm. um and Pope John Paul II would say that the opposite of of love is not hate the opposite of love is use oh one more time one more time for the people in the back the opposite of love is not hate the opposite of love is use that's amazing that's beautiful that's truly beautiful um as we're wrapping up here um i just wanted to one question i know that some our our listeners probably hopefully maybe hope you guys are listening uh, of all ages um but since you are a youth minister and maybe that's what god has called you to as part of part of your vocation um what is something that you would tell our young people when it comes to upholding their own self-worth and dignity what is like if you could give either one piece of advice through theology of the body or not um what would you say to our young people who are struggling with relationships or dating or just trying to figure out that whole area of life right now i would say that you're looking for love and the source of love is found in god i think 
I remember being a young person and I was looking for love in boys, in TV, in movies, in music, and I didn't feel satisfied. So any young person out there who doesn't feel satisfied through these other things that are not of God, it's because you're looking for God and he he's ready to ready to wrap you around in his arms and um that's the place that that you'll feel that restlessness gone um like saint augustine says um i'm our hearts are restless restless until they until they rest in thee so i'd say go to adoration go to stay close to the sacraments um Mm. the eucharist reconciliation um and be open have an open heart and um don't be afraid wow she really honed in that she really just summed that up really well oh my god and did you know your body has a theology (laughs) that's my other tagline (laughs) did you know your body has a theology Thank you so much for joining us for the second podcast of Modern Day Disciples. We thank Clarissa Chichioko for uh, joining us today. Is there anything you want to plug in, Claw? Yes. So I want to plug our next Echoes of Worth High School Theology of the Body Retreat. It is January 17th to 19th. 2020. 2020, Martin Luther King weekend every year. Um, And registration for high school teens opens October 1st. So that's coming up, www.echoesofworth.com. And um, we open it up to adult leaders as well. Um, so that... Uh, How old 18 are and adult up. leaders? <laughs> 18, 19 and up. Yeah, so adult leaders. And we'll train you and we'll, have, we'll do fellowship, hang out together, build community. Um, and then also my TOB minutes, since they're... They've retired, I guess, from uh, Relevant Radio. You can find them at creativecatholicworks.org. All spelled out. Um, So where, if people want to plug in, follow you, first of all, is that okay? And where can they follow you? (laughs) So if you want to see a lot of photos of my baby. (laughs) You have a baby? I have a baby. Then follow me at kmcheech on instagram that's k-m-c-h-e-e-c-h at instagram and if you want to follow ministry stuff at q-o-f-a-y-m that is her youth ministry page so queen of apostles youth ministry yeah give clarissa a follow um last week we talked about hearing listeners stories and we actually have an instagram now guys so you can follow us at mdd podcast on instagram um in our bio, we will have a little link where you can submit your testimony anonymously. You can also slide into our DMs um, and tell us your testimony through there. And each week, we would like to share one of your guys' testimonies. Um, share however God is working in your life or just kind of how you've encountered Christ. Um, just We just want to hear how the Spirit's moving in your life. So yeah, send in your submissions and um, we'll read through them and you'll be featured on the podcast. Um, Other than that, have a happy Sunday. Go to Mass. And get your booty or body to church. Bye. Bye.